0: With thanks to Baileys, this is the Women's Prize for Fiction podcast. Celebrating women's writing, sharing our creativity, our voices and perspectives, all while championing the very best fiction written by women around the world. I'm Zing Zing, your host once again for a brand new season of the Women's Prize podcast, coming to you every fortnight throughout 2020. You've joined me for a special Bookshelfy episode in which we ask an inspiring woman to share the story of her life through five brilliant books by women. Today's guest is Liv Little. She's an audio producer, filmmaker, and editor in chief of Gaudem, a media empire run exclusively by women and non binary people of color. Liv, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, Bookshelfy is all about books that have been important in people's mm. lives. But I want to know first, what kind of a book reader are you?
1: What kind of a book reader am I? Um, I'm trying to read more books. I'm <laughs> definitely trying to carve space, space for more um, book-type literature. I read a lot, obviously, of content and articles in my day-to-day. But I think my favourite type of content to read are fiction books. So,
0: Oh, yeah. were well, you always a big reader? Um,
1: was I always a big reader? I think I was probably a bigger reader when I was really young, um, and I I probably slightly lost it. I became obsessed with TV and documentaries and all that kind of fun stuff and film, so I spent a lot of time doing that, but I'm definitely getting back into the swing of just
0: reading a a good old-fashioned book, a good old-fashioned novel. Yeah, in physical form as well, that's important for me. Oh, so you're not a Kindle fan?
1: I don't like the Kindle, no. I mean, I
0: don't have a Kindle, I've never used a Kindle, but I've decided that
1: I absolutely don't want to see one.
0: I think there's something about reading a physical book that you feel really satisfied when you finish it.
1: Exactly. You can lend a book as well. It's nice. You can kind of share your experience of the book and pass it on.
0: That's true. Is that how you find the majority of your books?
1: Um, Sometimes, yeah. Like I read one of the books that is on the list, um, An American Marriage. I read and then I I lent it to someone in the office. Um, Someone in the office was reading Ordinary People. And then we kind of all got the book and, and were trying to read it at the same time, like a kind of fake book club type thing so definitely yes it's it's a case of passing things around and a lot of the earlier books that I read were from my mum's bookshelf so but
0: are you a kind of person who's really territorial about their books like if someone returns a book Um, to you and it's got you know folded edges
1: I mean don't fold too much um but no I'm not I'm not as stressful but my girlfriend is like very like meticulous so if ever I borrow her books I'm really kind of making sure that I do not return them with Folded edges, because i think, would not go down well.
0: I think folded edges are fine, to be honest. Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't. I'm not too mad about them, but um, but yeah, <laughs> that a, would a, get me in trouble.
0: It's the people who write in books. I'm like, what are you yeah,
1: doing?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, hate it. So, as part of Bookshelfy, we mm. asked you to go back and think about five books that meant a lot to you yeah, at yeah, various yeah. points mm-hmm. in your life. Mm. Um, let's talk about the first one the earliest one Mm. which is on beauty by Zadie Smith
1: yeah that was something that was taken from my mum's bookshelf like my mum is the person that introduced me to Zadie Smith's books and when I was a teenager maybe like mid-teens that was the kind of literature that I was that I was reading um I liked her kind of dialogue I liked the fact that it was simple straightforward and telling stories that I wasn't necessarily hearing told um elsewhere or from characters or perspectives that I could relate to or or understand in some way and, um, yeah, it was my mum that recommended that to me, and I really enjoyed it, and I read through a lot of her books. Her most recent book i didn't I tried to start reading, and i couldn't really get into it
0: was it n w yeah
1: Yeah, it didn 't speak to me sometimes the sometimes you know your authors that you love their books don't necessarily all speak to you, oh yeah, I mean but exactly those did in the early days, yeah,
0: if you have an author who's been like writing for so long as mm, well mm, there's mm. going to be at least one book you don't you aren't quite down with,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly, but I think at that point it was important for me to be able to read. Stories like that. I think now there I I have a lot more kind of options to choose from. I think it's amazing with Queenie and um, an American Marriage and Ordinary People and all of these books and Roxane Gay and like there are so many authors that I vibe with in a very strong way and whose writing I love and and really does speak to me. Whereas then I don't think I can't really think of 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 who else you know was speaking to me in a way that Zadie Smith did at the time.
0: Yeah, I mean. On BT, I think is quite unique in the sense that it's mm. also about uh, two mixed race families. Mm, so mm, there's mm. one there's one spouse who's black and another mm. spouse who's white, and they kind of have this weird rivalry slash interconnected, mm, mm, tangled mm. relationship with the children, the spouses, their careers, and everything. Mm. What about that? Do you think spoke to you, even though you were so young and you know, know obviously you didn't have a family or so anything
1: far far removed? Maybe it was. My family infrastructures and 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 seeing that growing up in like a mixed race kind of parent household as well with my with my little sister and and my mom so maybe there were some parallels that I was drawing in that but yeah it was it wasn't necessarily that what was happening in the book like you say was directly speaking to my lived experience as like a fifteen or sixteen year old but
0: definitely things that could be drawn from it. Were you, was your mum a big reader? Is your mum a big my reader? My mum, well? oh my
1: god, huge reader. She has so many amazing like feminist text she's the one who gave me like Maya Angelou and all of that kind of stuff um she has just like so many books that are written by these incredible black women so at home she had this like amazing kind of color-coded bookshelf and there was so much just so much content in it um yeah and she's kind of passed various bits down over the years like she, she even had these amazing like old kind of like pamphlets she, she went to film school so she had these old amazing pamphlets on like black women in film like proper like old looking stuff from the from the 80s and um and yeah amazing amazing she's got a lot of a lot of resources there which is really nice
0: was she always trying to get you to read the stuff that she wanted you to read so would she I... like snatch sweet valley high out of your hands <laughs> <into my knees? laughs> that
1: was not my flavor <laughs> no i don't think i don't think she forced i don't think she forced to on me i think as you grow up you kind of maybe develop more questions about yourself and your surroundings and your kind of identity and I think those things weren't necessarily things that were coming into question in my earlier teens but as I as I moved through my teenhood especially like into my early 20s I really wanted to discover more about myself I wanted to read more from authors who look like me or had a similar lived experience or just learn more about you know varying perspectives from people who look like me um, and so at that point when I was like, mum, I want some stuff to read. She was like, well, look at my bookshelves. Um, so that was amazing. That was great.
0: I think it's also, you know, it must be in reaction as well, because I'm assuming you didn't get that kind of knowledge from school. No, you don't get any yeah. of that kind
1: of knowledge from school. It's I'm- very limited, like even the recommended reading list that you would get at school. Remember, we'd have like reading competitions I don't think any of those that that kind of literature would have been on there.
0: Yeah, I mean, what kind of books do you remember reading for school?
1: Oh my Shakespeare. god! Yeah, Sha- yeah, Shakespeare. yeah, yeah, Shakespeare. And um, I remember reading of mice and men. Um, but yeah, that kind of stuff. There weren't. I actually genuinely can't think of a text that probably wasn't written by some old white guy. That was yeah. <laughs> that was on the curriculum, and then that translated to university, and then that's when I was like, oh my god, again, I need to find you know varying perspectives and that doesn't mean books which are only focusing on race and gender and that kind of thing it's just to hear from stories from people who 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 look like you is important
0: do you think that kind of impulse is what led you to start Gaudem as well Yeah, definitely
1: that was like a direct response to me being like i'm sad where's the text i'm feeling really sorry for myself and then it got to a point where i was like you can't just cry and feel sorry for yourself You have to do something about it. And I was making my own reading list, but then I was like, I don't just want to be reading this stuff on my own. I want to be talking to people about it as well.
0: So you kind of decided to make this community. Mm -mm,
1: Exactly, exactly. Where we could talk on many different levels, you know.
0: I think that's great though because mm. so, I feel like so many people must go to university who are really alienated by what they're told Mm-mm. are the important books Mm-mm. and the things that you're going to be assessed on because mm. they're important and they just don't really do anything with that feeling because it's so overwhelming. It is
1: so overwhelming. I remember coming back to London, my friend was like, how are you coping? I was like, I don't know. And then I, I think I went to a talk, I went to Cecil Mikes a talk about... Um, Aki and Saltfish. And I was like, wow, she just didn't see herself and she did something about it.
0: She's a filmmaker, right? Yeah, she's a yeah.
1: filmmaker. Like, amazing filmmaker. Um, and I and I think that was, like, the kind of tipping point where I was like, come on, what can you do? And, our, and a website is free? Meeting people is free? Okay, cool. Let's tell some stories.
0: And from there, Galdem was there. born. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the second book, Mm-mm. which I think difficult women
1: yes yeah, Roxanne Roxanne Gay. Roxanne so it's Gay. like a collection of short stories about different difficult women um they kind of vary in length and in structure, structure and in perspective um but short stories was never a format of kind of writing that i I'd, I'd really gotten into and and this book granted i read it because i was going to interview her at <laughs> the south bank um but i think out of all of the books that i read by her this was definitely one of my favorite there were like lots of weird parallels between like twin relationships as well and my mum is a twin so that that was really interesting to me um just yeah it was gory man it was like it was it's pretty dark my 14 year old sister loves Roxanne gay and sometimes oh. i'm like i don't know if you should read everything that she <laughs> writes i was like i don't know if you should read hunger it's quite painful um and traumatic and important, but is it okay at fourteen for you to read it? But she kind of my sister's just next level, <laughs> but she loves Difficult Women as well. Um, and it was nice to be able to pass that on. To yeah, them.
0: is there a short story that sticks out in your head from Difficult Women?
1: There, there is, there is one, and it probably is the um, is the story about the twins and one of the twin sisters get gets kidnapped and 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 what kind of happens in trying to get her sister back. And I I then wrote um a short story my first short story which i was terrified to write but um i then wrote a short story where i kind of had some of those parallels between um this kind of this twin relationship without making it super stereotypical because my mom's like everyone loves to write about twins yeah and this kind of oh they've got a psychic connection yeah that yeah, yeah stuff. exactly but i'm like but you do have a psychic connection so some of that needs to be in there but i think that was one of that was one of my um one of my favorite stories there's another one about a couple and I think sisters but not twins and where one of the sisters kind of had a family and and children and the other sister like kind of failed to get pregnant and really wanted to get pregnant and there's this really just gross scene where things are being cut open and but but I love the fact that it was so dark as
0: much as it, it potentially being yeah, very very heavy. Yeah, I th- yeah. sometimes think families can get quite dark.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. To be honest, true. yeah, family
0: relationships. Yeah. What about um, meeting Roxanne Gay in person? What was that like? Oh my God, I was
1: so shook. Obviously, <laughs> and like I'd read every single book that that she that she had written, and I had done so much research, and I was like, this is someone that you want to have done all your research yep. for, right? Because she's no nonsense. Yeah, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was really nervous, and like it was there was this weird moment backstage where I was freaking out, and she was like, <laughs> "You'll be fine." And I was like, "Oh my god, Liv, you have to pull it together." <sighs> uh, um, but then what? It was a really wonderful conversation. I was really happy with the kind of questions, and I think she really enjoyed it as well. Um, and then she became one of our investors, which was lovely. Oh my god, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, um, so that was really cool and she's really cool
0: okay so you must have done all right
1: yeah yeah yeah. I mean it was fine but she kind of I think she, she kind of said before we'd gone on stage like yeah I was explaining that we were going through this investment process and she was like yeah I'm gonna invest and I was like what this has to go really well oh my god I'm shook and then and then she did she followed through
0: oh my god yeah. did she follow through like immediately in and-
1: yeah within within the time frame that we were doing it yeah which was like just wow so I remember just... like I cried so much like after that talk. I I just remember being like oh my god this because it was like the end of the year as well. And so much good stuff was happening or just change was happening with the business, with life, whatever. And I I remember I was getting on a plane like literally the next morning and just like sobbing on the on the plane and and yeah Roxanne Gay, you know. Roxanne Gay. Eli. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> if
0: she's listening. Thank I you. you. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean I it's it. yeah, it's true. We love you. Um but what about, you know, How preparing for like these big talks like this because Mm. you found it, Gaudem. I guess when you found it, Gaudem, you probably thought never thought you'd be where was it in the South Bank Center, right? No, 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 interviewing Roxanne Gay in front of like a thousand people. How do you prepare for stuff like that?
1: Um, I feel like the first few times it's really scary and nerve wracking. I did one talk in front of like 10,000 children, they were like, God, I can't remember how old they were, maybe like seven to 14 or something. That had me shook to my core and that was only five minutes. But I think the more you do those things, which are absolutely terrifying, the more comfortable you get. But it's also about preparation. If you're not prepared, then of course you're going to be scared. And I've obviously done, I've had experiences where I've not been as prepared as I would have liked. But there are certain situations where you just, um, you don't play games. And when it is someone whose work you really admire, you you really want to show them that, that you respect their craft and that you've, and you've taken time. So I've interviewed Candice a couple of times about Queenie as well. We did one at, was it South Black? National Theatre? And and you know, I love her work. I love her as a person. It's important that she sees and feels that in the questions that I'm asking her.
0: What about you? So, how did you get into writing?
1: How did I get into writing? I made a magazine, and I hadn't really written before. I had I'd written in a sense of kind of English, and I'd always loved English and the and the creative writing elements, um, and essays in general. I'd always done really well at English, and then. I think my style of writing in in academia was always quite chatty. So I start, started starting to think like, oh, I don't know if academia is like going to be the best thing for me.
0: Um, oh wow. So w- were you like I'm going to be professor? I was live- going to go
1: and do law after I I got offered like a scholarship to go to SOAS and then didn't take it to work in media. But but yeah, I think I think that was around the time when I was like, "Oh, this This is really important and it's so important obviously that you have academics of, you know, from all different backgrounds. But I just thought this is not necessarily me or what I want to do. Um, and maybe I'll go back and study um, in always, a private way always exactly. a law conversion course yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. my dad would be happy he was confused you're starting a magazine called Gyalda? what? my Jamaican dad but um, but yeah I think that was the time when I started to realise that I had an ability to communicate sometimes complex issues in a, in a kind of chatty way and I really liked that and then like I started to write articles and I, I actually I love interviewing people I love interviewing people like interviewing um i got to interview like dina asher smith candice jordan woods all so fun and all so different and and i and i love profiling people um but i also love fiction so the kind of next thing for me that i'm trying to do in my spare time but kind of failing is a bit more of the fiction writing oh. stuff. yeah i've written one short story that's been published but
0: was it what was it called
1: um the was it called the sisters it was terrible yeah it's called like the sisters and it was for audible they did this collection called hag and it was um uh, a series of folk tales from across the country that were reimagined by I think it was like six different writers, and I got London and I had this story about these brothers who had a duel in Tavistock Square over this woman, but I I kind of turned it into this like lesbian like drama, thing. so much <laughs> better this than the duel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could you can like you can listen to it. I think, but um, but it was really fun and it was really interesting and I think you have to think about description. In a completely different way to the description that you think about when you're writing a kind of article or a profile, so yeah, it's challenging, but it's it's fun as well, but yeah, I haven't I need to sit down to write more. It's just finding the headspace,
0: yeah, I think it must be so hard to actually switch your mind off from you know the journalist profiler, yeah mind into the I can just make things up now and it's fine exactly exactly it is hard it is really, really hard. I've got a really good
1: literature agent but like it is it is really really hard um yeah I haven't done like a big writing project yet I'm just like hiding from them a little bit.
0: (laughs) Do you have an idea for a book?
1: I don't know if I want to do like because the thing is ideally at some point I would love to write a novel but that's not something that happens overnight (laughs) so the other thing I've been exploring is short short stories and I've played around with like lots of different storylines and plots and I just, I change my mind all the time, which is really annoying. So we'll see what happens.
0: Because <laughs> Gardam's published books before. We
1: published our first book um, last year, a few months ago. Um, and that is a collection of essays from authors on um, kind of growing up. So we were, <laughs> we were directly responding to our old diary entries. Mine, mine is like old Facebook chat messages with the first girl that I like fell in love with and Aww. was obsessed with. It was not cute. Oh, okay, I was like so doing the no. most. Yeah, no, no, I'm like, oh my god, if she ever like reads this or finds out. But yeah, tragic, um, funny, sad, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: What kind of messages were you sending to the girl? <laughs>
1: Okay. The, the other thing that's really sad is that, like Charlie, obviously Charlie's really organised. So she has her diary entries yeah. like really clearly documented. And Charlie's the editor, editor of yeah. the She does. All, she heads up all the editorial stuff. So she's really organised. Yeah. This this was really her idea. I, on the other hand, only had Facebook messages and like be- this girl had gone back through the Facebook chats and deleted all her messages. So it's literally just my. It's a stream of my messages. Wow. So that's what's in the book. And and so it makes me look quite lame. But there were messages there at one point. But it, things just got really messy, like, as they do when you're 16 and you're figuring stuff out and everyone's weird and, like, doesn't understand queerness and, like, sexuality and also you first fall for someone and you think that that's going to be the only person that you can ever love. And it's just, oh, God, I, it's just, I'm i so, like, horrifically um, just over the top, <laughs>
0: dramatic. <laughs> it sounds like the archetypal first relationship. yeah. 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 Would you ever write about yourself again?
1: Oh, um, I haven't really written about myself. Recently. I talk about myself sometimes, but, but, but writing about myself, I don't know. Maybe like when I've lived some more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because am going to segue very nicely into mm. hunger, okay, by Roxanne, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. Roxanne Gay's memoir. Yeah, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read this. It's, could you describe it?
1: <sighs> I cried a lot. Okay. My girlfriend read it and she cried a lot. Um, she was processing a lot with with kind of herself and her body and and she speaks about sexual trauma she speaks about things that happened to her when she was younger she speaks about like the industry as well and and um and diet culture and and these institutions and things that have been created and she speaks she just she speaks it's about it's about her body you know um and it's just, it's very honest. It's like painfully honest, yeah.
0: I've yeah, I've heard people say that it's probably one of the few memoirs they have read where someone really just lays himself out
1: completely, 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 completely. Or oh, yeah, it from start to finish. Honestly, it's just, it's very intense. It's did very you talk intense. about
0: that when you met her as well?
1: Um, we spoke about, we did speak about it a little bit, and and, and actually something that was quite interesting, which I think. I've sometimes written things that I haven't necessarily spoken to like my family about and then this piece has come out and you're kind of like stuck in these awkward conversations with family about things that you wrote that you didn't really want them to necessarily find out about. And I think she's had there's some interesting conversations with her her mum and her dad and her family around um pieces of work that she's published and, and traumatic events that she's not necessarily spoken to about and how do you alert them to the fact that these things are coming out. That I found that really interesting as well.
0: I mean, how do you... How do you even do Just that? They
1: say don't. I think she said with some things, she's like, don't read it. But then with other things, they they, they do read it.
0: Yeah. What's your philosophy on it? Um,
1: I wrote this thing about my vulva, which was like really... Like for Scarlett Curtis's book, which was really like... I thought it was like a very part of the reason i was I was a bit hesitant because i thought it's quite like a white feminist thing to do to write about the vulva and i was like ah oh, do you know what actually like this is something that was really traumatic for me i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna write about it and then it got published by the guardian so then like oh my uncle and like everyone saw it. my uncle was like to my mom why did she write about it but i think the person i was most shook to read it was probably my mom mm-hmm. and she was just like I, d- genu- I didn't know that you were going through this like crippling kind of anxiety but I never felt like I could talk to anyone about it, even her who's so open. But she was like, you know, good, write write these things, break down these barriers. And I was like, okay, it's fine then. Thanks, okay. mum. Literally, like, I don't know what I thought would happen that she'd be like, how day, like, yeah, I don't know. But, but that's your, such a your perfect... Your mind goes to weird places. That's
0: such a perfect response from your mum, though. Yeah. Because I feel like in an ideal world, you wouldn't need to ask for permission.
1: No, no, no. No, but Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just, my uncle's probably horrified that like, uh, yeah, but it doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) I mean, the important thing is that your mum sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There we go. This podcast is made in partnership with Bailey's Irish Cream. Bailey's is proudly supporting the Women's Prize for Fiction by helping showcase incredible writing by remarkable women, celebrating their accomplishments and getting more of their books into the hands of more people. Bailey's is the perfect adult treat, whether in coffee, over ice cream or paired with your favourite book. So you picked another book called "Here Comes the Sun" mm. by Nicole Dennis Ben. Yeah, tell us about this book.
1: Oh, do you know what is so special about this book is that I don't think I've ever read a book um, by a queer black a lesbian a black lesbian Jamaican woman. Like, right? Like, that's my background. That's yeah. I'm half Jamaican. So that was that was incredible to me I didn't know like too much about her backstory to be honest before I picked up the book I can't even remember how the book found me but it found me we get sent a a lot of books in the office I remember me and Charlie kind of read it around the same time but the book kind of um it takes you through the journeys of three generations of um Jamaican women a a younger one um the mom and then and then the kind of like bigger sister it explores like things like colorism and skin lightening which are conversations that i've had with like family members in jamaica and is obviously is a huge thing it it also guides you through kind of sexuality and and adolescence and also queer queer love like in in a jamaican setting which to me as someone who doesn't necessarily feel like the these are kind of topics that i can talk about when i'm in that space because Mm of i don't know legislation and history and and you know the reasons why these things have happened and colonialism, whatever. But um, yeah, to have all of those varying kind of themes articulated in a book and in a way that was so engaging. I think I even read it when I was on holiday visiting my dad in Jamaica. It was just like very mad to me. Very mad and very, very special. And I just think, I think she's a phenomenal phenomenal author. She's got another book out now called Patsy um, as well which tells similarly kind of explores themes of queer love and relationships and someone who is from Jamaica and 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 you kind of like you know um kind of it's not until she comes to the states that she kind of ends up in this in this relationship with another woman but she's just a phenomenal author and 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 how brilliant and so descriptive as well which i love so yeah it's rare to such a big fan
0: it's rare to find a book as well where you know it's entertainingly written but mm. also covers really important social issues but mm. it doesn't feel like you, it's a chore to read it Yeah, or, no, you know it's like preaching nothing preachy yeah. at
1: all about it just just b- brilliant writing brilliant writing i really would love to meet her one day yeah
0: am i right in thinking that it's still illegal like homosexuality is still illegal in Jamaica, in Jamaica. yeah mm-hmm. is this because well of it's like, not i
1: mean you know when it when it comes to um legislation obviously against um like lesbians and and women that stuff isn't enshrined um and and then therefore arguably not taken as seriously i know that my dad has um my dad has kind of said you know like i would love my kids whatever and like it's and it's fine but i don't know if it would be as fine if i was if i was a guy and he's still very awkward about it anyway to be honest i don't know they've not met or anything like that but um
0: him and your girlfriend him
1: and and my girlfriend but when he comes to London like we'll see what happens with that (laughs) um but even to be honest like with my family there I won't talk about it or if I'm talking Mm. about a partner I'll I'll try and suggest that I'm talking about um like in non-gendered terms (laughs) could be anyone and then they obviously assume that it's a guy
0: I think it's a hangover from colonial times, isn't it? Of course it it is, of course it is. Because I feel like, so I grew up in Singapore as Mm. well and I think the same law was imported to Singapore Mm. from Britain when Singapore was still a British colony. Mm -mm -mm. So it's like a penal code against like sodomy. Mm, Yeah. 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 And in the same way, it's like, you know, if you're a queer woman, it's kind of more low-key than being a gay man. So they might not, it's not not that it's not a big deal. It is still a big deal. But it's not even it's not like considered under the law to be that way
1: she's got she's we were about to publish an interview actually that i was literally reading it today which is timely that charlie um did with her and and i think she says that there are places in jamaica she now lives in the states but there are places in jamaica where she can go and it's kind of like fine um but it still pierces her heart when you know you want to hold your partner's hand or whatever and and like comments are made it's it's a difficult pill to swallow in a in a country that you obviously love like she has such a strong affinity affinity to Jamaica which is why it kind of centers in her in her first two novels um so yeah it's a difficult um difficult thing to kind of to tussle with
0: yeah Yeah. I think that kind of sense of tussling between you love the place you're from and the hometown and also you're finding it difficult to like be in A relationship with someone from that hometown i think that's also expressed in another book you chose which is an american marriage Mm -mm. um this also won this this also won the women's prize in 2019 (laughs) so yeah and it is a phenomenal book. it is
1: a bang bang book oh my god it's so good it's so energetic so much happens so much happens within this one book um I love. I loved it. I I think I sat down with it, and I don't read books particularly quickly. I'm someone who has a lot of books that are, are open, and, and and I start and I stop and I start and I stop. But this, within two days, I think I was done. Um, I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic.
0: Okay. I'm trying to think of a concise way we can summarize yeah, it for yeah, people yeah. who haven't read well, it. Well,
1: uh, okay, uh, yeah, concise. <laughs> <laughs> um there's a
0: lot of plot in this book.
1: There is a lot of plot in this book. It's a it's about a relationship fundamentally that goes through like um a marriage that goes through various kind of points tragedy tragedy strikes the husband is kind of unlawfully um convicted um and goes away for some time she kind of starts up a relationship with someone who's been a best friend for a long time the husband comes out it's like oh what do i do i'm torn between these two relationships eventually i don't know we won't do spoilers maybe (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) let's not spoil the book but um But it's difficult. They go through a period of of aging, of transforming, of changing, because they're kind of in different environments. And it's about how they then engage with each other. And the book kind of follows the relationship through a series of letters.
0: Um, And and because of the letters, I think what's so great is it flips through two different perspectives. Yeah,
1: in a way that doesn't feel like forced or jarring at all. It just worked really well. Mm.
0: What was your kind of lasting memory of the book? Why do you think you related Mm. it? Related to it so much.
1: Maybe just I was like I was like, relationships are complicated. No, but it, um, yeah, I it just it just felt it felt very honest. It felt very honest, and yeah, I don't know. I could, I could not that I could relate to their specific circumstance, but I, I thought that so much happened. I guess and 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 it. And it really like kept me wanting to turn the page and and keep reading, it yeah, was, it was very so it was action filled but a lot happened within it um yeah, it wasn't kind of long drawn out descriptive kind of thing it was it was very to the point, and also the changing nature of the letters between them i I thought was really interesting to the point when they were getting really short and and blunt, yeah. I just think it's a great book. Bloody good book. And I followed her and DM'd her like, you're amazing. This is amazing. Did she reply? She did reply. Oh, that's so nice. It was really
0: nice. Yeah. God, yeah. I mean, we had her on the Women's Prize podcast and she is absolutely great. Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) So really, really fun. Mm. And also just obviously so passionate about Mm. the issues the book talks about, like incarceration. Yeah, yeah, yeah marriage relationships i actually think it's one of the books i've read where i'm like yeah this is what it's like to be in a complicated relationship Yeah, and
1: like the fact that you know people like nothing stays the same like everything is consistently changing and within a relationship you change as individuals and 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 sometimes those things align and, and and sometimes they don't obviously in this context they had more obstacles than your average couple probably does but i think yeah it was great it was great
0: do you read books to escape from real life, or I
1: think so. Maybe that's why I, I read fiction more than um, non-fiction. Because there are a lot of like kind of collections of essays and that kind of thing that exist. But I'm drawn to things which are which are different to that. Um, like Bernadine Evaristo's *Go Woman Other* is another kind of great example of a book that is able to tell stories from the perspectives of many kind of different characters. She's just amazing in general. I've been listening to *Mr. Loverman*. Which is narrated by the like loveliest Caribbean Mr. Lo- voice. Mr. Loverman. Yeah, it's. I, I think it was her first novel. Okay. Um, I just, I literally just started listening to it at night. My girlfriend read it and was like obsessed with it. And said that the voice was so comforting. Um, but I'm going off topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Not like, these weren't well, books that were on the list.
0: No, but. I mean, this conversation can go wherever, wherever <laughs> it wants to go. Audiobooks are interesting though, because I have to confess, I don't listen to audiobooks. Mm-mm-mm. I find it. I don't know, I find it really jarring because I have a voice in my head and the voice reads the book and the voice it has, I think there are
1: certain books that you can and certain books that you can't. And, like, my girlfriend is... That's the reason why I've kind of slightly gotten into the audiobook thing because she got a bit obsessed with it, but she said that there are some books that she's read and then also listened to but sounded better or were better to read. And I think it's also down to the narrator that you get. So with... um, with An American Marriage, it worked really well. And I actually listened to Girl, Woman, Other, and, and the narration on that was really good. So I, I think it completely depends. Like, with Ordinary People, I've been flicking between the two. Um, and I think I prefer when I'm reading it.
0: Oh, so you read a book simultaneously through listening to it Just and sometimes, reading it sometimes. If, that sounds so complicated. If my, if
1: my other half has got, like, a book downloaded and I'm also... Because I, I will be the one that buys more of the physical books, then I might... If I'm tired of an evening, like flick between the the listening or the reading version of it. Um, but yeah, another nice thing is being read to at night. That's like my new thing as well. That's quite nice. We've been doing that with How to Love a Jamaican.
0: Wow, so she reads to you.
1: We read to each other sometimes. Oh my
0: God, is this, quite nice. this sounds so romantic. <laughs> wow.
1: It's just quite a nice thing to do, like read a couple of chapters in a book before bed. Hmm.
0: I mean, now I'm going to go back to my partner and be like, you are. You haven't read to me, have you? We don't know what's all that the time, about, but
1: it's, it's, it's cute when we did it. It is
0: very cute. So if you could, you know, choose only one of these books that meant the most to you in your life, which oh. one do you think would rank up there?
1: Oh my God, that's really hard. I think a book that maybe changed the way that I kind of engage with literature... And like form and storytelling would be difficult women, so I would say, because of that, that was yeah. the most um transformative book for me. It doesn't- fo- it, it follows a format in the sense that it's multiple stories, but I think the way and also the perspectives from which she tells the different stories were breaking all the rules, and I loved it.
0: Was that also what inspired you to kind of try yeah, a short stories as well? Definitely, definitely. It's a it's a difficult format to be honest. Yeah, short stories because where is. do you stop?
1: <laughs> it is. I don't. No. It literally. It, it, I'm still trying to figure all of that stuff out. But yeah, I think she did. She needs me to tell her that she did a great job. But she did do a great job. And um, yeah, that's been massively kind of inspirational for me moving forward. All that and that and go another which is not on the list but so we went
0: what has reading kind of meant to you in your life Mm
1: -hmm. it's just an incredible source of different perspectives and stories and inspiration and i think every book that i read i take from it some sort of inspiration or tips or ideas or thoughts of things that i want to carry through in like my practice and i think that's amazing. And also probably why I'm consistently changing what it is that I do want to write because I'm like, oh, that was really interesting. What about if I changed it like this or I or I tried this with the form instead of that? So I, and I literally every time I read something, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to go back to the drawing board with whatever I'm working on. But
0: yeah. But I think that's good though. I think good writers steal a little bit of Mm-mm-mm. other writers yeah. stuff all the time.
1: Yeah, inspiration, you know.
0: Okay, well... Thank you so much for chatting to us. thanks for having me. Finally, the Women's Prize for Fiction is, you know, the goal is to platform the voices of other women. Do you have a woman or role model who means something to you that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Oh, I have so many. This is really, really difficult. I didn't know you were going to ask me this question. Um, You can name a couple. Okay, cool. I guess because I've been speaking about her and I think she's iconic and Queenie is iconic and she's just a wonderful human all round. Candice. Um that was, again, was a book that I kind of... I, to be fair, I, and I said this to her, I think when I first started reading it, I didn't instantly get into it, but after the first, like, ch- chapter or two, I was invested, and I think I read it within within a day or two. And there were so many themes and topics which felt particularly pertinent to my life and, and to the lives of my friends, and very relatable and, and yeah, just... And, and also very complex in the kind of... Um, you know relationship between like black women and bodies and like the healthcare system and mental there are so many topics and grief as well and just yeah i thought i thought it was beautiful and aside from that she's just a wonderful supportive person that's been there and 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 is very kind um i also often cite Michaela Cole as an inspiration, as, as someone who literally wrote herself and her character into existence. And again, all of the same things apply. I got to interview her as well, which is like, was an iconic moment for me when we did the Guardian takeover. And she was just interesting and funny and complex. And yeah, I think she's f- a phenomenal woman, phenomenal human. Um, and so I, I'll leave it there, but I, I could go on <laughs> for longer. There are a lot of women.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on air with us. Thanks for having me. I've definitely put down several of the books you've recommended Have on my you? reading okay. list. Yeah, so they're going I'm Zing Sing, and you've been listening to the Women's Prize for Fiction podcast, brought to you by Bailey's. You definitely want to click subscribe because in our next episode, we'll be exploring three previous winners of the Women's Prize in a book club with three brilliant guests. Please rate and review this podcast. It's the easiest way to help spread the word about the female talent you've heard about today. Thanks very much for listening and see you next time.